Welcome to Cut the Crap with You Doll, where we cut the crap from your personal and professional relationships through tough, tantalizing, transforming conversation and coaching. Now, here's your host, You Doll. Welcome to Cut the Crap with You Doll. You're listening to us today, and we're so excited to be here. I am Udall, your host, professional and personal relationship consultant, and you are in the place for transforming your professional and personal relationships one conversation at a time. Now, join our conversation and ask questions or share comments about our topic of the hour by calling in to 619-924-0984. And once again, that number is 619-924-0984. And we are so excited to be in conversation today about how to keep your foot out of your mouth and out of crap, civility in the workplace. And our guest is going to be Ros- uh, Rosalinda uh, Randall, and she is a civility etiquette trainer, speaker, media source, and author, and she'll be joining us in a few minutes. But, you know, we always start out with sizzling relationship topics right here in our Cut the Crap Corner. And this is where we discuss the sizzling topics, be they good or bad, about relationships that have caught our eye in the media. Now, our relationship that caught our eye this morning involves the Donald again. Yes, you got it. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me use proper etiquette since that's our topic for today. We're talking about civility in the workplace. Let me use the proper term uh, to refer to uh, Mr. Trump today about the president-elect Donald Trump. Yes, that is the proper way for me to refer to him as this time, (laughs) as this point in time. So if you've been watching or listening or hearing, um, he is extending and receiving calls from foreign dignitaries and heads of states. And, And being the CEO of various U.S. companies um, that appear to have supported his particular presence uh, and his particular way of interacting with people, you know, that's all good and well. That has served him well for those businesses, those companies, and so forth. However, I have to now say, hey, Donald, what the effing is going on? The, the, the thing with, oftentimes what happens, let me step back, oftentimes what happens when candidates are running for presidential office, they go through an image consultant who, of course, uh, works with them regarding their image, but it's not just image regarding how they show up regarding physically, you know, as far as their clothing, hair, uh, possibly makeup, you know, all those kinds of things. But when you're talking about presence and how you are coming across to a huge public, as in the world, 
um, they, they, they want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward. So it's not just about the physical presence, but it's also about, you know, the energy that you're putting forth. Uh, it's about how you are interacting and relating with people. And, of course, that comes across in your uh, conversation with people, your verbal conversation. It also comes across in your um, your nonverbal uh communication or conversation with people, and, and, and that includes your written as well. Uh, and so that'll, I'll come to that point later or in a few minutes because we're not going to spend much time on this, but a few minutes regarding, uh, you know, the social media presence, which is also a part of image as well uh, in today's, with today's candidates and so forth. So we're looking at, um, you know, how you come across, and whether you're going to put your foot in your mouth and all those kinds of things. One thing that really brought this out for me was, well, the election itself. <laughs> we all have our opinions on that and, and the things he was saying and doing. But I thought that somehow or another, as he got closer to becoming president-elect, and particularly after he became president-elect, that there would be some advisors in his corner that would definitely be talking with him regarding um, how he's showing up and the things that he's saying. But I could see that he as a CEO would come back with, well, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Because it worked for me while I was being elected, so why would I change things now? But the difference is he was being elected by the um, American or U.S. people, which is a little different than interacting with foreign dignitaries and heads of states and so forth. Uh, and particularly since we have international relationships. And when you bring international relationships into the picture, you have a whole nother slew of things that come into play. I mean, there's, there's a, you, you have so many other kinds of communication breakdowns that can occur because you don't even speak the same primary tongue necessarily. And then you have all these nuances that go on within various cultures. And so the possibility of slipping up and sticking your foot in your mouth and into some crap comes up or raises to, the, to major degrees because it, it, we have issues here talking with each other in the U.S. When, we, when English may be our first language. <laughs> so we know when you're interacting with someone where English may not be their first language and in which your cultures are very different, then there is a possibility that you're going to have some breakdowns regarding communication, regarding culture, etc. So what brought me to this this morning, of course, was that I read across this article, which I am having an extremely hard time finding right this minute. But I, I ran across this article regarding how he has been saying various things to some particular foreign heads of state that have not been approved by the State Department. One thing the State Department does and is known for is in um, being always constantly vigilant about keeping tabs on our uh, foreign relations regarding, uh, you know, what can and should not be said possibly to a particular dignitary uh, regarding making sure that no one says anything that uh, 
lands us into some kind of agreement that the entire United States will not want to be in, you know, to do. Uh, it's about making sure that um, that uh, the president, you know, always is up to date regarding, you know, what's currently going on with our relationships uh, with the particular uh, entity and so forth. So I just find it quite interesting how, um, and this is, of course, only based on what I'm hearing. It does not mean that absolutely every bit of it is true. But, you know, the, the conversation in this particular article was regarding how he is not utilizing the State Department, how he is having conversations um, without any filter, uh, which is often what he did when he was running for president. And I'm going, okay, you know, he did that running as president, but as the representative of the United States, running around to saying anything and everything you want is not, for lack of a better term, cool. It's just not appropriate. There is no, there is, you you are supposed to, be looking at how do you protect the interests of the U.S. the same way you would protect the interests of your business. So whereas not doing business with someone can be easily done, you know, where you can say, I just don't want to do business with you, or I just want to have a relationship with you, or whatever, whatever. It's so much easier when it's just your business. It's not as easy, and it's a very fine line that you walk when you're talking about a country-to-country relationship. And President-elect Donald Trump, I beg of you to please work with the State Department. Uh, Do not get us into any kind of position that we will have a hard time getting out of and finagling our way out of because you have said something out of your mouth or on social media that puts the United States in a bad light. Uh, The United States is already not necessarily in a good light with many foreign countries. Uh, And so we as people uh, really, really, really would prefer that you represent us well since you are now holding this position. And so, you know, I I find it interesting um, when uh, someone who's in power uh, oftentimes do not check themselves uh, when it comes to, you know, what comes out of their mouth uh, and, and uh, being able to represent uh, whoever they're representing, their business and or a country well. So that's my little, our relationship of the day, our relationship that uh, we're going, oh, this is not a goodie, not a goodie at all. You know, I may have to put a rating system after the relationship that I talk about during this segment um, of the show, Sizzling Relationships. Uh, I may have to, to do a rating system like, you know, have you all rate good relationship, bad relationship, neutral relationship, <laughs> or something like that. If you have any ideas, send me a note on Facebook about <laughs> ways to rate this because um, we're going to have to, you know, rate President-elect Donald Trump at this moment as far as how he's handling the relationship of the United States to to foreign countries, we have to give him a thumbs down. Not working. (laughs) Not working. (laughs) 
this is not working. <laughs> you know, I'm concerned. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need anything negative else that's going on <laughs> out there uh, with other countries. And our former presidents have done a lot, uh, regardless of their political affiliation, be they Republican or Democrat, uh, regarding how to uh, – and building relationships, you know, with the various – uh, countries around the world, and you know we really don't need this to be undermined by um, one president. Uh, and so, you know, regardless of politics, President-elect Donald Trump, all I ask is that you seek help from the State Department, from a coach, from someone who knows what they're doing in order to fulfill this part of your job that's what we ask and that's all we can ask is that you seek help in um, making sure that you can successfully fulfill this aspect of your job so anyway um, we have a guest that's going to really she's going to help us talk about this a little bit we're waiting for her to join us on the air she'll be with us in a few minutes and uh, it's a, a great author uh, uh, Rosalinda Randall, and she has a book out that um, you'll hear about on the show, and she'll be able to help us maybe um, at least if we can't do anything about President-elect Donald Trump, <laughs> she will at least help us to look at how can we make sure that we keep our foot out of our mouth and out of crap while we're in our workplace um, because, and it may actually, as I say, whatever you can learn at work, you can probably take into your home. What do you learn at home? You can probably take it to your work uh, because you're just one person and you cross both boundaries. So she's going to help us begin to look at what are some um, techniques and tools and so forth that we can use to make sure that in our diverse workplaces that we can actually um, be able to remain productive and effective uh, with people uh, with uh, whom we may have a disagreement in value and so forth. And that's one of the big things that actually has, um, you know, come forth with us regarding um, uh, in our climate as of today. We find that we are uh, actually in disagreement with people regarding our politics. We're in disagreement with people regarding values and so forth that we have. And that when we walk into the workplace, you know, we cross that threshold, you know, we are a microcosm of society. We are representing all of that, and we take it in, and we have a diverse group of people in the workplace, and we find ourselves sometimes putting our foot in our mouths and, you know, stepping in crap, and we don't know necessarily how to get out of it. And so with our guests, Rosalinda Randall, we want to be able to have that conversation about how do we keep our foot out of our, out of our mouth in the first place so that we don't then have to try to step out of the crap. <laughs> you know, how do we make sure that we know how to do this? So uh, I'm excited um, for all of you all who are listening that you'll have this opportunity to actually um, hear from, this, uh, from our guest and that she'll have the opportunity to share a lot of good, good information with you. And um, Rosalina uh, 
and I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna say her middle name, <laughs> Rosalind Linda uh, Randall. She's a modern day social skills and etiquette expert. She focuses on key traits that people of all ages, cultures, genders, occupations, and viewpoints can relate to. Uh, and so uh, when she appears to be very funny and so forth, I'm excited about being able to have this conversation with her. And she'll be able to talk with us about how to realistically actually be able to function in the world across the generations, across the cultural difference that we actually have. And I want to say Thank you so much, Rosalinda, for joining us. And am I pronouncing your name correctly? Uh, very close, Rosalinda, but typically Rosalinda. I get Ros- okay. Rosalind because of Rosalind Russell, and a lot of times people will go use the name Russell instead of Randall just because, I guess, it flows better. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame you for not saying the middle name. I typically don't use it, but um, it's most, mostly to honor my parents. It's, that's why I put it on the book. Um, but, oh, so Rosalinda okay, Randall is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, Wanda, Rosalinda, okay, great. Thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to Cut the Crap with You All. Thank you, and I'm so excited because I can actually use the word crap without, you know, offending anyone because <laughs> it's a part of your title. So I'm really happy. <laughs> That's the great thing about being on Internet radio. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you have, I'm excited because you saw our, t- our title today is How to Keep Your Foot Out of Your Mouth and Out of Crap, Civility in the Workplace. And the great reason that we have you on the show, because your book is called Don't Burp in the Boardroom, Your Guide to Handling Uncommonly Common Workplace Dilemmas. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm I just ask we you. Need, yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. Just, I think we need more humor. That That's just, we get so bogged down with the negatives, and, and truly they're there, they're realistic, and, and we have to deal with them. But if we infuse a little humor sometimes, things don't seem so monumental. Um, so that's how why I came up with the title, just more humor. Well, I, I think that's great. It's a, it's a, I think it's the two great uh, things that cross all boundaries and cultures, and that is humor as well as music. Yes, I those agree. Those are the two. Yeah, humor and music. You know, those are the great yeah. things that tend to bring joy to people. And so, yeah, I I think those are two wonderful things that can often help us connect as human beings. Yes, I agree. So I want to get into first question. Why did you write such a book, though? I mean, what what is it that was going on with you or what were you seeing (laughs) that had you write this book? Well, one, and, and there are others that have, um, you know, humor infused with them, etiquette books. And, and that word just turns people off, which is why I don't use it as <laughs> yeah, much. It I mean, you know, even civility, uh, people think, uh, or, or they think incivility more than anything these days. Um, but and that's why the, the, the topic came up. And I wanted to write something that was easy to read because, again, etiquette books, oh, my gosh, you just all these tiny little words and telling you what to do. Um, also, I took the tack of not telling people what to do. I, I, I don't think I've, why well, I really try not to use the word should. Always consider these things because I think that, and then that's how I wrote it, that that's what the, the crux of the book was, these are situations that I've heard, I've experienced, uh, that 
do come up. That's why they're uncommonly common. I mean, you'd think a couple of them were, were just people go, no way. Yes way. These things happen. Um, and it just provides options because even if that situation isn't exactly like, oh, your coworker didn't borrow, asked to borrow your deodorant, but they asked to borrow something else equally as personal, the options on how to handle that tactfully um, without, you know, getting all dramatic um, can be applied to all kinds of things. And so I wrote the book because I had a lot to say, if I want to be honest. <laughs> that, that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. That, I, I thank you for being honest because that's great. You had a lot to say, so you wrote a book. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. That is the way. See, being honest and being <laughs> honest, though. In um, so, and I want to. I'm gonna ask you a question about that. Um, being honest, because there are um, people in the workplace who say, "Well, I was just being honest," you know, when they tell someone something that sort of hurtful. And I don't yeah. mean like a manager giving someone feedback, but um, you may you may say somebody somebody may say uh, they may say, well, why did you wear that? That looks awful, uh, you know, or that's an ugly dress, or you didn't uh, you're not a good writer. Your coworkers are saying something to someone, and it's not they're saying, well, I'm just being honest when it appears not tactful, not. You know, it, it, did we did we lose tack? Maybe that's my question. Oh yes, and that is aside from humor. Well, I have so many favorites, but tact. If I had to pick one of these traits that I live personally live my life by, tact is the one that I think would diminish so many misunderstandings, so many people getting offended. Yes, you can say, and I have this little tagline, you can say what you mean without being mean. And I know it sounds so elementary school, but Love I think that's that. kind of where mm-hmm. we are, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, I always ask three questions. What is my point? If I have to say something that, it, first of all, if I have to stop and think, oh, you know, you get that gut feeling, just don't say it sit with it for a minute. I mean, that's already telling you that it may not go over well. So my three questions are, what is your point in saying something? Like, oh, your dress is ugly, for example. Um, Will it help? Answer that question. And then is it necessary? I mean, if you ask yourself those three things before we open our big mouths, we probably would keep our mouths closed more often. But if my answer (laughs) is, you know, yes to any of those, then I say consider the relationship and consider that person's temperament. Um, I am, do I have a friendly relationship? Say, for example, a coworker comes in and he's wearing this ugly, ugly, crappy, I'm going to use the heck out of that word, um, <laughs> crappy um, <laughs> outfit or sweater or whatever. Are they a sensitive type of person? Um, are they, you know, traditionally shy or extroverted? And saying something like that, putting them in the limelight, is that going to help them? Let them wear the darn sweater. Um, and, or if it's a, 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 a relationship that you don't really have that familiarity with them, then maybe you're crossing the line. No, and, and then did they ask you your opinion? Do, do they value your opinion? So, you know, that takes time, that takes self-control to quickly go through that list of questions before we open our mouth. And I, but it's worth it, in my opinion. Oh, I think, I think you're so right. I agree with you, too. So explain, you know, I use the word tax, and the, I use the word tax because, of course, I'm of a certain generation, 
And mm-hmm. that was a term that was often used when, you know, we were talking about people and relationships. Explain to us, our listeners, in case we have younger listeners, what does the word tact mean? Well, to me, again, simply put, is saying what you mean without being mean. Um, would you want someone to say it okay, in so the way that... Okay, so we can use that as a definition. Okay, great. I, it's simple. Yes, simple. And also tact, mm-hmm. I know this is not a definition, but it's my new definition, is knowing when to zip it. That's being tactful. <laughs> zip it. No, you know, don't, don't tweet it. it. Don't Instagram it. Don't, you don't need to put every thought that comes in your head out there. Well, uh, I just, you know, there are people who go, I just need to speak my mind. No, you don't. You want to speak your mind. Uh, or I just tell it like it is. Who asked you? You know, you don't have to tell it like it is. And, you know, I, and I've had a couple of people say, well, that's just who I am. Good. I'm evolving. I'm trying to change who I am all the time to better myself. But, hey, that's your life, your choice. You want to stay there? Good for you. However, you must accept the reaction of people when you tell it like it is and not get mad because, you know, people don't want to hear it. So, so tact Say what you mean without being mean and knowing when to zip it, simply put. Oh, I'm so, I love it. <laughs> I am rolling. This is, I am rolling. This is hilarious because, okay, so my next, my next question to you, this is, so, this is funny. Do you think that there's a huge difference in the generations? Because at, at present time, this is the first time in history that we mm-hmm. have four generations sitting in the workplace at the same time. And so do you think that this, the, the whole tax, is, uh, there's a difference in the generations and how they handle it, or is it everybody now seems to ha- not have it, not be, pay- not be paying attention to what they're saying? I think in general, yes, I agree with the last thing you said, that people tend to forget the niceties, um, the daily courtesies in general. Part of it, aside from generations and, and genders and all that stuff, I just think because of the fast pace that we live our life, the mm-hmm. uh, including the technology, we want an answer now, and there's no reason why you can't because everyone's attached to their phone. Hurry up, hurry up, give me an answer, and just give me what I want. I don't want to hear what you have to say. So that listening skills, the communication is gone. It's just give me what I want. In fact, the other day I said that to my husband, which is really funny. He was, I asked him about something, and he said, oh, well, so-and-so stopped by work. And I go, honey, I didn't ask you that. I just want the answer to this. <gasps> I felt so bad. And, I, and he goes, wow. Okay. And I go, I'm sorry. But, I, you know, it, it's permeating into our personal lives. And, and again, the, the technology. But, I, but going to the generations, yes, there are a lot of misunderstandings and problems and impatience with people. And what I tell when when I speak to people that are obviously different generations in the crowd is to be considerate, be aware, and accept. Um, In fact, when I speak, I give people cell phone breaks instead of bathroom breaks. First of all, I don't want to know what you're doing. So um, I call them cell phone breaks. And I do it every 25, maybe 35 minutes because people of a certain generation that were raised with that need to do that. So if I'm having, say, an interview or a lunch with a younger potential client and I see their phone there, of course, I'm going to so this is an option to do um, th- that, that is beneficial to both parties. 
because it's showing them that I'm accepting their reality, meaning I got to check my phone every seven minutes, but hey, let's try for 25. I can say, oh, would you mind? I'm expecting an, uh, a client's response. Um, I'm going to check my email. We can take the opportunity uh, to check check yours. I mean, you don't have to say it that lengthy, but something to that effect. Or, uh, oh, would you excuse me? And, and go to the restroom. Give them that time because they're probably dying and they're not focusing on you because they're worried about their Instagram likes. So why not accept that? And I say that to the millennials, try and, and get through 22, 25 minutes without checking your phone. It, you know, it's going to be hard, but know that when you're dealing with a person from a different generation, they're not used to constantly looking at their phone as it buzzes or vibrates. So if, if we use that courtesy, the acceptance of what is, I think we would have less problems versus trying to impose each other's ways. That's okay. That that sounds great. That that actually sounds very good. Okay, excellent. Boom. Hopefully, uh, people will follow that. So let's get to your book a little bit. Um, oh, you know what? Wait a minute. Before I get to your book, <laughs> when I opened the show, I had to go to this because I have to ask your opinion here. Regardless uh, uh, of your political affiliation, mm-hmm. I have to. Add, I the the relationship that uh, the first segment of our show is called sizzling relationships. So we choose some relationship that's going on in the in the media uh, that is good or bad and talk about it. So the relationship that I was talking about this morning uh, had to do with Donald Trump. Well, it had to do with this morning I read that Donald Trump uh, was how he was interacting with the dignitaries and heads of states from other countries. And mm-hmm. the State Department is sort of like, you know, it's cringing because they're not asking for his, they're not, uh, he's not asking for their opinion or their assistance in handling these delicate conversations. So, so this is a, so I'm going to put it in the framework of president elect, head of a company, CEO, the leader. What can a, what should a leader, head of the, a company, CEO do in terms of modeling behavior for people beneath them and, and, and what this should they do regarding is there anything particular they have to think about doing regarding their behavior and keeping their foot out of their mouth? Apparently not, because I hear from people <laughs> bosses well just being honest again. Um, yeah. I, I know personally people who work with bosses who the other day, well, I want to say like two months ago, threw a stapler as the person closed the door. They were mad, slams doors, screams and cusses, um, walks out, and they still have a job. So, no, they can do whatever they want, apparently, in, in, in some workplaces. Now, there are others that are big corporations. I mean, I, I know um, gas and electric companies. I, I know someone that works when, when locally, and they have, I mean, strict protocol. They have meetings constantly reminding them of, you can't say this, you can't tell a woman, you know, or her dress looks pretty, or, you know, all kinds of things, slight exaggeration, but to make the point. Um, so, if a, a leader, and then that's what I hear from staff. Um, in fact, one uh, person asked me, what do I do? My boss never says thank you or please. Well, short of going, what's the magic word, Mr. So-and-so? I mean, you cannot do that. <laughs> well, you no. can, but, you know, whatever, good luck with that. Um, is model it yourself? I know people are going to go, why should I if he doesn't? Because how do you want to be perceived? Do you have to be like him or her? 
and, and that's where I go to. We have to choose how we want to be regardless of those around us. Is it a challenge? Oh, my gosh, yes, it is. But when a boss does that, if it's beyond, and, and I know you mentioned Donald Trump and some of the things he, that he has said, okay, locker room talk, but now it's out, so now we know you said it. Um, if you hear that, and, and I, for me, again, there's no right or wrong, but for me, I hear my boss, I work for someone like that, I would bring in a third party, you know, a, another coworker. And, and talk to them and give them an opportunity. We all want an opportunity to fix it before we go get tattletailed on. I mean, it's just a nice thing to try. Step one, if that gets you nowhere, or people before you have tried that and it gets you nowhere, then that's what HR is there for. You know, you go calmly. You don't tweet about it. You don't you know, you don't need to tell everyone what you're doing. You go directly and, and handle someone like that. But, again, you, you ask, what if your boss does that? And I know some that are still bosses, and they've been there for five years acting this way, short of, I don't know, reporting them to corporate. But, you know, people know maybe it's time to find another job. That's not the right at all, but what right. else can you do if HR can, hands are tied for whatever their reason is. Maybe because right. you know Joe Joe knows uh, the owner of the corporation. I, whatever. There are times when it's best for us to make a move than fighting an uphill battle and being miserable and never getting anywhere. Exactly, exactly. And, and and I always tell people to go to HR and use HR. Mm-hmm. And, and I have been called in to coach an executive or several executives who they said oh. they don't know how to relate, you know, to their subordinates yeah. and whatever. And, but I find it interesting, you know, it usually depends on how high, how high the person is as to whether mm-hmm. or not someone in the organization will, you know, recommend a coach to them. Because when it gets to the CEO level, sort of like a Donald Trump, it's like mm-hmm. a, because he's the CEO, I'm fine that oftentimes there are a few people who will go to him and say, look, you know, here's what's going mm-hmm. on. Unless they're very secure and they're not going to be fired or they don't care if they're fired. You know, they're, secu- they're yes. secure enough financially that they don't, they don't, they're like, I'm just going to tell you for your sake, here's the reason I'm mm-hmm. telling you this. This is a developmental area, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that we suggest you work on. And I'm wondering if, if – uh, you know, Trump is surrounded by people. I think the, and I don't know if the State Department, how they, they're probably being tactful in trying to say to him, okay, we need to have a conversation. Uh, what the article said was they said, we've reached out to him and let him know that we're here. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You, somebody needs not to be just reaching out to him. Someone needs to say, okay, we really need to talk. <laughs> you know, stop. Let's, have a, let's have a little tete-a-tete. <laughs> yes. And talk and, about what needs know, to happen here. <laughs> I agree, and what you said was very interesting that they get to a certain level, and and some are open and some aren't. And um, Mm -hmm. in this case, let's just hope for the sake of our country because it is what it is. Again, acknowledging and accepting. Sometimes that's what we have to do is just hope that that someone like you approaches him and goes, hey, buddy, let's talk, you know, and and give him a few pointers (laughs) because it's what we have to deal with. Yes, we, there are plenty of coaches out here who can help you. <laughs> and the State Department says they will too. <laughs> Please See? listen. Mm-hmm. It'd be a good in no, for you. Okay. Yes, and, and the, what's very interesting too is I think oftentimes 
So uh, you mentioned something, and I always remind uh, managers and supervisors of this, is that everyone today is a personal journalist, and which means they have this device which makes them so because they can use social media to tweet and record and you know all this kind of stuff about what it is you're doing. So um, I think it's a, it's also a time where people tend to. They, they'll say whatever they want to say, but at the same time, you have to remember that anyone can record you saying whatever you'll say. Yes. So which you have to be is, very, very careful. Definitely, and which which is that old adage, uh, the golden rule. You know, if we all followed that, we wouldn't be afraid of being videotaped at any type of our life. You know how people say, oh, dance like no one's watching? Well, live like no one's watching. That's the integrity part that comes in. Are you a different person here? Are you a different person there? Do you say things that you would be ashamed of? I think if we go back in our lifetime, I want to safely say that most of us have said something, whether it was a joke or whatever mood we were in, that we wouldn't be very proud of if someone found out. Right. But right. it's it's the rest. And I think if it's far and few between, I just tack it up to being human and just having a moment. I, I, you know, I'm not going to judge a person the rest of their life because of a comment that they maybe made when they were 15. Okay, we're dumb at 15. We say things or do things. But... When you're older and you have a certain position, like you, like you said, especially a leadership position, I believe that, and, and you made a comment about that, um, that just because you have a title or a management uh, supervisory position, it doesn't mean you're prepared for it. It's just the title. You need right. to be prepared for it. You, yet, yeah, of course, your, your staff is going to do what you tell them to do because they're afraid to lose their job, and that's their job to do. But to get them to want to lead you, you know, they say that there's different types of leaders. I think that requires humility, and that is something that's real tough for a lot of people. Um, and, and again, I go back oh, to the traits yeah, that, I, that I live with. I mean, it, 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 you need to have the courtesy, the consideration, the tact, the humility, a little humor, um, respect for others. If you have a foundation of all these character, character traits, I think you can be taught to be a leader. But if you don't have those, all you have is a title on your door, basically. Big deal. Now, these, the, the, the character traits that you mentioned, these are the foundation of the character traits that pretty much run through your book regarding how people uh, cannot burp in a boardroom? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so yes. I, I want to get to those. And I want to uh, get to cover those. And you made a statement about live as though no one is, though, um, no one is watching. I, I think I'd like to tweak that to live as though everybody's watching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. You know, dance Please. as though no one is watching when you're private. But when you're in public, live as though everyone is watching. Which means yeah. that you you smell, smell, and you can do that by let's follow the traits that um, that Rosalinda is about to share with us. So you mentioned humility as being one of the traits, right? Yes. Civility. Okay. Uh, well, actually, not. I don't. No, no. I mean, that's just in general okay. being civil. Um, okay. Okay. What are your traits? Courtesy, and that means okay. basically just being polite. Uh, mm-hmm. like back to please and thank you and pardon me when you burp in someone's face. I'm amazed at the number of people who are not courteous. Oh, 
I'm amazed, but I, I, I just, I'm just, I'm sort of, and I'm not, and I guess I shouldn't be amazed, but I guess I, I was raised, of course, based sort of like on the kindergarten book, where you know you taught in kindergarten to say thank you and please, and yeah. I continued it, and I taught, my, I taught it to my children, but I'm, I'm actually very surprised sometimes when I'm out and about the number of people who do not use those basic words. Oh, no, there are more and more. I mean, just standing at the butcher, uh, you hear people going, uh, give me two pounds of this, and uh, oh, what's that? Get get me that. You know, get you that? What's wrong with please? You know, just... just or, or may it, I it, have that, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or how's the chicken today? I mean, if you don't... You know, I had one person say, I don't say please and thank you very much because it makes me feel vulnerable and like I'm hum- I'm humiliating. It's humiliating to me. Huh? Yes. Um, what? Oh, so it yeah, made I them feel human? Oh, okay. Uh, humiliated. <laughs> yes. I know you said that, but I mean, it made you feel okay. human so that you weren't <laughs> superior and above everybody else. So yes. being human, oh, okay, 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 got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah, interesting. That's, 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 uh, I find that quite interesting. And, I, and, and yes. maybe what it is that we're in this such a, and I, I, I tend to analyze stuff, and I'm, I'm getting into it. I won't, I won't go down this road too far. But it's simply that we're caught up in this spiral of busyness and so forth, and people look for their way to feel superior and uh, above it all. And it's sort of like if I don't feel the little humanness in it all of seeing and making you know be human and making this connection, then somehow or another I'm being able to control and manage all of this crap. Huh. Yes. And honestly, my, I my wish I could have. Of the situation. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I think it requires analysis, and I truly, honestly, wish I could have had some time to speak to that person to dig deeper because that th- that saddened me. Like you feel humiliated and humbled or or vulnerable or whatever because to be polite. That that yeah, kind of sad. That's a, that's that's. I, I think you found something there. I know you're writing a, a second mm-hmm. book, but that vulnerability mm-hmm. bit, uh, that humble bit. I think those are all, they're very important for our being in relationships. Uh, whether or not you're in a work relationship or a personal relationship, they're crucial. But if you can't go there, it's hard to, to have the relationship part. That's really, it's really hard. If you, it's always going to have issues if you can't be vulnerable and be humble. So let's get no. back to your characteristics. I don't want to miss these because I'm watching our time. So we have courtesy oh. and what's next? The consideration. Consideration, okay. Basically, that's just courtesy and consideration. Well, courtesy to me, okay, these are my definitions of just saying the please and the thank you and and, and the pardon me. That's just being courteous, daily courtesies. I'm saying I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, Consideration to me is being aware of how our behavior, our words, um, being attentive to others, being aware. You know, if I'm going down the grocery store um, and I'm looking at my phone down and I don't care, I'm just bowling through, you know, the lane and not watching out for anyone, that's not being considerate. We live with other people. You're not alone. So our loud voices, uh, you know, speaking your mind, just being aware of our presence and how it does affect other people. That's consideration. And respect. I know they can all sort of overlap, but I've broken them down. Respect is just acknowledging opinions and ideas. Um even listening to other people, uh, basically that's it, accepting and acknowledging other people. <clears throat> Pardon me. Okay. Uh, tact, we went there, say what you mean without being mean, and zip it. That's basically <laughs> it. And humility, <laughs> we touched upon that. 
um, admitting when you're wrong and a gen being able to genuinely apologize because of, hey, sorry, okay, that's not working for me. Sorry for what? You know, just you're a big boy, add a few more words to your apology and look at me in the eye. Um, uh, so being humble is just knowing when to apologize, knowing to 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 be modest once in a while. You don't have to let everyone know, you know, I do this, I do that. And, and, and also when someone is sharing something they've accomplished, jumping in, go, oh, well, last year I did this. That's not being humble. Um, and then finally, humor, one of my favorites. And I don't mean, hey, buddy, I, you know, did you hear the one about the rabbi and the priest? I, I don't mean that you have to come in with a joke every day at work. It is more, my take is having a positive outlook, um, over, being able to overlook things, um, um, having a, um, a productive uh, reaction to something that might be unpleasant. And that's how I use humor. And then just smiling at people. That, that's the one thing. I, I'm out in public. I make eye contact with a human being. I smile at them, and they either look away or go, you know, have that facial expression of, I don't know you. It's like, oh, come on. Right. We just made eye contact in the world. Just I'm smiling. It means nothing. But maybe people are so disengaged, dis, uh, not attached or, or emotionally um, guarding themselves that they just, there's so much, not enough smile. So those are my go-to um, traits that I live by. Oh, cool. I love them. I love them. I, and I love the fact that you gave them simple definitions. So, and, and they're okay. simple definitions in that they have, uh, they're actually operational. So they're things that people can do. Yes. You know, it's not like they have to read something and go, okay, so what does that look like? What do I, how do I actually do that? So I like the definitions because people can take them and go, okay, then I can do this. Let me smile at somebody. Let me listen. Let me do this. Let me do that. Fabulous. Yes. <laughs> They're excellent. Great. Great. So listeners, please take these definitions, and uh, and, and I'm actually going to note them uh, on the, our Facebook page um, at facebook.com you know, forward slash cut the crap with you all. I'm going to note it there <laughs> so that you can go and actually uh, see what uh, – uh, Rosalinda uses as her her primary uh, characteristics, which is great. These are excellent. <laughs> are Wonderful. And in your book, I think so. You know, I, when I wrote the book, uh, I never read it again. <laughs> Just started working on another one. I, I, I think must I be love your honesty too. That is great. Yeah, because once you, I've written a book, and once you write it, you sort of like, okay, okay, okay I, I don't need to read it now. I wrote it. I, no. I read it when I wrote it. <laughs> It's, it's over, yeah. And what can I do about it now, even if I read it? That's what I'm afraid of. I'll read it and I'll go, oh, I should have said this. There's always going to be that. So I thought the safest thing is just, no, no, don't don't look. Write something else. <laughs> I, uh, okay, <laughs> fabulous. Oh, okay, so these are great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for those. But I am going to ask you a question about your book because um, okay. you have a, a section of your book, and I've had this happen in several leadership programs or trainings that I've conducted People have asked this question, and I have my way of responding to them. And it's about um, if someone has said hygiene, what do you say to them? <laughs> okay, that one. And, in fact, I was hired one of the two uh, 
issues they were having was poor hygiene and people wearing the same clothes, the same shirt all week long. And they went to a well, conference a young with their manager. A lot of the younger generation will do that. They're like, it's clean. And, yeah, you know, I, I know. Uh, it's clean, and I'll just put it on. Particularly, I was going to generalize about the type of young person who would do that, but there are young <laughs> people who go right out of college who are like, they'll do that. They'll just they'll take that straight into the workplace. Uh, yeah, and it's okay in college, I guess, if you want to do that. But, yeah, I call it from floor to, to work, the sniff test. You know, a lot of people pick it up off the floor that they took off the night before and go, oh, it's not that bad, and put it on. It's like, no, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, oh, gosh, or at least shower if you're going to wear something again, you know, the next day, because at least the the double odor won't kill someone. It, it, you know, half of you will be okay. Um, so... <laughs> You know, the, the hygiene thing is really delicate, which is why they brought me in to discuss it and, right. and, and mm-hmm. you know, um, talk to people about it. Again, it goes back to the familiarity you may have with that person. If you do, if are they the same sex? Because that can also be misconstrued, you know, anything. Oh, right. she's sniffing me. Exactly. I don't know. That's gross. But, you know, people people think certain ways and you just be surprised. Um, the best thing to do, say you have a coworker who just, oh my gosh, smells or whatever, S- speak to your supervisor. That's what they're for. You don't have to, you know, handle it yourself if if you don't want to. Um, and they will delicately do it. And if they don't know how, that's what HR is there for. And I did know uh, an HR person who did bring someone in. And there's a way of telling them, okay, if, if I'm going to approach a coworker, I might discreetly, privately, I'm not going to tell everyone that this is, oh, this is at lunchtime, I'm going to talk to him today. No, I walk up to him, and again, this isn't for everybody, but I find that it's easier, this style, meaning taking the problem on myself. For example, I would say, you know, a couple of years ago or at my last job, I didn't know I had this, you know, dental thing. I'm lying. Basically, it's a white lie to make that other person feel better. Or I didn't realize that you know, my deodorant wasn't working and someone told me and I was so glad or I had toilet paper hanging off my skirt and no one wanted to tell me but this one person. So I'm doing this for you because I really was grateful that blah, 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 this is what. So before anyone says anything to you, I wanted to bring it to your attention. Now, again, that's risky. That person might go, what are you talking about? Or none of your business or I might have a medical condition you know, whatever might come out. But that's as far as I would go. And again, that's humiliating, I guess, sort of putting myself in a humbling position to, to make them feel better, that, that we can relate to this. Um, if that's not your thing, then go to your supervisor and just wash your hands of it. And then just have, you know, fabric softener sheets near your desk. When they come in to meet with you, at least you have something fresh to smell. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I, I tell I love it. Okay, great. That that is always fun. That's always an interesting one when it comes up. You know about how not yes. to put your foot in the, you know, in the crap when you're having to deal with someone whose hygiene is uh, not quite up to par. <laughs> no, not at all. And I, and I've just no, I've just noticed with younger generation, it's very interesting when they're right out of college as far as yes. what they consider to be appropriate when it comes to work. Uh, yes, that's that's an entirely different issue. But then you know some companies promote the casual atmosphere, but it doesn't casual doesn't necessarily mean sloppy, ripped, unironed, or wrinkled um, and dirty. 
that, that, that doesn't, you know, include, but I think people have gone to the extreme where that's what that means. It, come as you are, basically. That's it. Come as you are so, means yeah. if you have nothing else, you know? Right, 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 right. And and, and they actually, it, yeah, it's it's an interesting, um, I, don't, I don't know, I find it interesting because what I've also discovered, I've, I've noticed I went, I went into an organization to do a consulting work, and it was a younger kind of organization, and they were very focused on the work that they were doing, but their appearance was not what you would have thought based upon their brain power. And yeah. they're, um, and I found it interesting that uh, I noticed you have a section particularly regarding, you have separate chapters on mainly male and then female focus uh, within mm-hmm. your book. But I found it interesting that a lot of young women, they will put on makeup and dress up for going out for a party or the evening, but coming to work, they don't do that. You know, no, they don't put their all. it's like their best face forward or the or the best foot forward or whatever. It's like I'm just going to work. Uh, so I I found that interesting that okay, I put on makeup to go out to a party, but I don't mm-hmm. wear makeup to work. And I'll do my hair for a party, but I don't do my hair for work. I just I, I find it uh, a little backwards. I I agree, yeah. and I did have when I when I talked about that, I did have one woman raise her hand when we were talking about you know dressing appropriately and blah blah blah, um, and she said I don't wear makeup, I don't need makeup, and there's no way to not to sound mean. What I'm about to say is that she could have used a little, and I don't mean that in a mean way, like oh she was an ugly woman and this would make not I didn't I'm mean okay it in a Donald Trump way. It. Be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Honest but tackle, um, and and we're and we're okay. addressing. Uh, What's our point? Will it help? Yes. Uh, you know, yes. <laughs> is it yes. necessary for her, to, for her moving forward in the organization? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And, and it is. And, and she just said, no, she didn't need it. And I said, that's fine. But there are studies where, you know, HR people for women in our society. It's not a person who goes, yeah, women better wear makeup. It's our society who has decided that you look a little more polished and put together. And, you know, when I talk to women, they go, I don't know about makeup. Go to the counter. You know, it's worth it. That's what I did. I had to learn how to, you know, wear makeup makeup being on TV and all that stuff, but um, that, that was my choice. Uh, but just a little translucent powder for the women out there who don't want to wear makeup, a little powder to just even the skin tone and a, and a light nude colored lipstick, really, that's all you need. But it, it shows effort and, and, you know, and the hair, wash it, because that's another thing I see, greasy hair. Um, and, and it just shows your employer your coworkers may not care, and if they may not tell you that they care, but who are you dressing for? I always say you dress for the person who signs your check, the person who's going to consider you for a promotion. That's who you dress for. Um, so if, if you don't want to be seen as a person who has the potential for promotion, who I may want to send to see a client at the last minute because you're dressed like that and you smell, you're losing out. So if for nothing else, just be prepared for opportunities. That's why you want to dress. Exactly. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been fabulous having you here. I've so enjoyed our conversation. So can you Thank please you. let everyone let everyone know, please, how they can find you, uh, and and then I, then I want to also share with people the homework that uh, we have for mm-hmm. them. Uh, oh, so, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, first. The homework that you gave was uh, the next time someone says something that strikes you the wrong way, before you react or mm-hmm. respond, ask yourself, mm-hmm. one, 
how will it help? Two, what is my point? And three, is it necessary or worth it? And then four, did I misunderstand? Okay, wonderful. So listeners, that is your homework for this topic. And remember the topic is how to keep your foot out of your mouth and out of the crap, uh, civility (laughs) in the workplace. So uh, Rosalinda left you with a great homework section. So Rosalinda, where can they find you? I'll make it simple because, you know, social media sites, everything is on there, just my website, rosalindarandall.com. Super simple. Oh, fabulous. Oh, that's so easy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, why go? And on Twitter, I'm this, I'm that. Uh, Just go there and you can follow me, you can, you know, read more, find the book, everything. So it has been a pleasure. You are so enjoyable. I love the name of your title. It really goes with my book. We're very simpatico in um, the way we, we see things. So I really had a good oh, time. Very much so, very much so. We'll have to have, uh, please make sure that you stay in touch with us. You let us know when you finish your next book because we want to make sure that we actually have you on the show again because I, I got a glimpse of what your next book may be about. And everyone <laughs> go to her website if you want to know what it's going to be about too. And so I'm excited about your actually producing this next book. So everyone, you Thank have you. heard it. You've been here with uh, Cut the Crap with Udall. Our conversation was how to keep your foot out of your mouth and out of crap, civility in the workplace. We will make sure that we actually leave uh, some of the tips that Ros- Rosalinda gave to us on our uh, Facebook page. And please join us again, same time, same place. You know where to find us here on Blog Talk Radio at Cut the Crap with You All. It's been a pleasure as always. Namaste. Thank you for joining our conversation. Join us again next week. Same place, same time, and cut the crap with you, doll. I'm sorry, are you still there? Oh, it cut us off. Hello? 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 I think it cut us off.